0: Welcome, sons and daughters of God. What a joy it is to be able to come together for this time of worship today. And we thank you for taking some time to be with us and letting us spend some time with you. You know, God has given us a lot of life to live. And sometimes we don't do as good as we should in living it to the fullest. We bury the treasures that he has given to us. But today we hear Jesus encouraging us to live our life completely putting it at risk investing in the lives of those around us and so we will spend time thinking about that today and part of that investment will be in the healing of our nation and our world as we have come through a very difficult period in our nation's history so please we invite you to prepare yourselves for worship. Light a candle where you are to be reminded of God's presence. Say a prayer asking the Holy Spirit to fill your space and your heart as we prepare for worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we have come through a season of campaigning and voting for the leaders of our nation, state, and community, Let us take this this time to reflect on our calling to follow Christ as we live together.
1: A reading from Ephesians, selected verses. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lives so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the Church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be to God. God.
0: The great theologian Karl Barth once said that preachers should always preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in another. Friends, you know if we do that, It's very obvious the stresses we have on our lives right now are causing real damage to our spirits, our bodies, our relationships, our culture, and our faith. We have become isolated and disconnected not only by pandemic restrictions, but also by how we choose to behave towards one another. It's become too easy, even acceptable, to point fingers, call names, belittle, and shun opponents. Even label them as evil over all kinds of issues. I confess, there have been times recently when I have done that. And I ask God's forgiveness and yours This is not the first time something like this has happened in our nation, but this is our time, and we cannot simply hunker down and hope it blows over. That's why we, as God's people, need to remember our calling to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been commissioned to invite people to recognize That through Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we are reconciled to God and working to be reconcilers with each other. Being reconciled means healing the brokenness that separates us. Our baptism calls us to live into what our Bishop Tim Smith calls our core convictions to love God by loving neighbor to love enemies, to serve all people following the example of Jesus and strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Living these convictions is a lot harder than picking sides about an issue or a candidate. Living our baptism means standing with and standing beside someone who is on the other side because they are our sister and our brother. It doesn't mean we all have to agree on everything or give up our opinions. But it does mean that when we disagree, we do it without demonizing one another, without shunning one another, or calling each other evil because of our positions. It means we have to find a way To respect each other in spite of our differences. How do we do that? I believe it starts by looking in the mirror and asking, How have I added to the divisions more than to the healing? And being honest with the answer. Then, we turn to the teachings of Scripture for guidance and inspiration. Listen again to the writer of Ephesians. Speak the truth in love. Be humble. Be patient. Listen to one another. Be honest. Let go of anger. Forgive. One another. Again, I confess that I haven't always lived that way. But I want you to know I'm praying that God will help me remember to try and live that way in our life together. I want you to know that I will always work hard to make our church a safe place for everyone. No matter who you voted for or what position you hold on any issue. I am praying to be open to the Spirit and how the Spirit can shape my thoughts and actions and show me where Jesus is already working to reconcile us and to join him there. You may have heard me say this before, that if we can't be better than the rest of the world, If we aren't willing to work to help shape the world God wants, then we need to just close our doors, move on, and be like everybody else. But I believe we are different because God makes us different. I believe we can be a spirit-driven people who demonstrate the presence of God in this place and this community I believe God can use us to be healers and helpers to calm the anger and bridge divisions. I believe it because I have already seen it. Not always, and not perfectly, but enough to know it is possible, even now. And so I ask you to do something. For yourselves, for your neighbor, and most importantly, for God. Live out our core convictions of love, justice, and peace. Seek reconciliation with someone separated from you because of politics or issues. Ask for forgiveness and offer it. Think deeply about how your faith can influence your participation in civic and social life. Allow the Spirit to guide your speech, your actions, your attitude toward your neighbor and your opponent. And pray that God may shape us all to live a life worthy of our calling, holy and righteous, and full of love. May we pray together the litany for the healing of the nation. Let us pray for the world and all its leaders. May leaders of nations work together for lasting peace, so that healing and justice may arise over all the earth. We pray, gracious God, guide us in truth and love. Let us pray for our nation in this time of reflection, turmoil, and transition. May each of us in the United States soften our hearts with kindliness, that we may listen to one another with respect, express our thoughts with humble clarity, and always seek good in the other, as we strive to form a more perfect union. We pray, gracious God, guide us in truth and love. Let us pray for all Christians and people of faith and goodwill. May we never lose hope in your mercy, even in the midst of chaos and may we never tire of doing good for the sake of the gospel. We pray, gracious God, guide us in truth and love. Let us pray for our president and president elect, their administrations, and all who have been elected to serve our nation, state, and local government. May those who serve now And those who will serve in the future be filled with peace so that they may persevere in serving the people of our nation. May those chosen to carry the burden of office be given wisdom to know what is right and just and be strengthened to always work for the common good. May you give them eyes to see a path toward unity for a people deeply divided Ears to listen to good counsel and hear the voice of the oppressed. A heart humbled and opened by the weight of their office. And a spirit of service to all people in this land. We pray, gracious God, guide us in truth and love. Let us pray for reconciliation among families and friends divided. May we learn to love each other despite our differences and focus on the work that continues beyond this election, the work of unity, respect for one another and for all life and peace in our world. We pray, gracious God, guide us in truth and love. Sovereign God, your son Jesus lived within the structures of society, even as he spoke truth to those in power and challenged systems of oppression. Empower us to be courageous disciples and responsible citizens. Grant that our life in the public realm be grounded in the love for our neighbors, care for the most vulnerable in our midst, and respect for the common life we share, following the example of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
2: And also with you.
0: Let us pray together. Righteous God, our merciful Master, you own the earth and all its peoples, and you give us all we have. Inspire us to serve you with justice and wisdom, and prepare us for the joy of the day of your coming. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. The master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given They will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. In Jesus' name, amen. I've heard it said that the difference between a rut and a grave is only about six feet. Which means life can end a lot sooner than when we die. And the difference really comes in how we live the life that we have. How we choose to invest our life in the world around us. And when we think about how to live that life to the fullest, there's a lot to be said for not playing it safe, for taking a risk. I mean, think about some of the the great explorers. Magellan, Columbus, Lewis and Clark. They launched out into unknown territories without the the use of GPS. they, They only had maps that were either completely wrong or, or very badly mistaken. And yet they went anyway. They took a risk. They, they plunged ahead. And as a result, they changed the world. They created new worlds. Now, of course, being a risk taker is not without its hazards. So maybe that's why most of us probably are a lot more prone To play it safe. Even if we get stuck in a rut. Jesus came that we might have life. And have it in the fullest measure, he said. But that also means that he encourages us, invites us, calls us to not play it safe to take some risks, to get out of our comfort zone in order that we might experience his kind of life. In his day, when the folks around him didn't want to hear that kind of talking, they just sort of tuned him out, but Jesus would use stories. Stories as a hook to draw them in to what he was teaching. If he had simply said, live life to the fullest, there's no way they would have ever remembered what he had to say. But those stories drew them in, allowed them to understand the depth of his teaching. So today we have one of those stories before us. We call it the parable of the talents. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. A rich man gave his estate to his servants to manage while he went on a long trip. And two of them invested what was given to them and they earned a great profit. And when the master returned, he praised them and celebrated with them and gave them even more than they had before. But one of them, one of them took what was given to him and he buried it. Now, when you think about it, that kind of seems like that was the prudent thing to do. It was, it was a safe thing to do. He wanted to protect it and not run the risk of losing it. And in fact, in Jesus' day, rabbinic teaching said that anyone who buried money that was entrusted to them was no longer liable for its security. So he thought he was doing the right thing, the best thing, by not losing it. But in the parable, what he did wasn't prudent at all. He didn't try to protect the talent, which is the the equivalent of about 20 bags of silver. He didn't try to protect the talent. What he was trying to protect was himself. And the master was angry and disappointed, and what he already had was taken from him. And so, the lesson is that if you risk nothing, you can lose everything. And so, this story, among other interpretations, is a look at how we live life to the fullest. How we live the way we were created to be. Or how we choose not to. Which breaks God's heart. Because God gave us life, our gifts, our wealth, everything that we have, God gives it to us in abundance. He gives it as gifts to be used and invested and put at risk even. And Jesus tells us that when we do that, Those gifts bless us, but when we don't, we lose out. But I wonder, have you ever stopped to consider why it is that we want to take the safe route? Why it is that we we want to bury our life and, and keep it safe? I guess there are lots of reasons that we would say are good reasons, Some may be good, some others not. But maybe a couple of reasons are these. We're lazy. We would just like to go along, to get along, and not rock the boat. We know that it's a whole lot easier not to try so hard. Dr. William Glazer, who was a leader of modern therapy, was once asked why people don't change even when they know that something is wrong. And he said that most people don't change because they don't want to do the hard work of changing. Change is hard. Most people don't want to go there. He said only about 2% actually do change for the long haul. Sometimes we fail to live up to the life that we're meant to have just because we're lazy. We don't want to go to the trouble. And maybe we don't live into that life because of a sense of unworthiness, which might even lead to envy. If that servant looked at what he had compared to what the others had, maybe he thought, well, I don't really have so much. It won't really matter what I do with it. Nobody's going to miss what I've got. Maybe the same can be said of us. That when we're spending a lot of time comparing what we have to what others have, we don't think we've got very much. And it really doesn't matter what we do with our life. Nobody's going to miss us. But Jesus wants us to know that it's not how much or how little we have, it's what we do with it. If we take the risk, if we invest it, we put it to good use and it will bless us and others. At the end of World War II, a bomber group from Great Britain was coming back after a raid, and one of the bombers was separated from the group. A, fighter came, a German fighter came upon it, and the crew was expecting the worst. And the fighter began to open fire, and they could hear the bullets thudding against, into the plane and, and even into the fuel tanks, but there was no explosion. And miraculously, they were able to get back to their base. Several hours later, when the crew was together giving thanks for their miracle recovery, one of the mechanics came in carrying five bullets that he found inside the plane. The pilot took them and began to open each one, and to their amazement, they discovered that there was no gunpowder in any of the bullets. But in one of them, there was a tiny wad of paper, and they unfolded it, and it read, We are Polish POWs forced to make bullets in factory. When Germans not look, we not put in powder. It is a small thing, but best we can do. Five bullets from the millions upon millions that were fired during World War II. Wow. Those POWs took a risk in doing something. It seemed so small, and yet it made a world of difference to that British bomber crew. The difference between life and death. No gift. Is too small to mean something, to do something for good, as long as we don't bury it. And maybe the last reason we tend to do it is because of fear, which is another way of saying mistrust. That servant said, I thought or I perceived that you were a hard man, a cruel man. And so I was afraid and I hid my gift. And what's ironic is that's exactly what Adam and Eve said in the garden after they had eaten the fruit. I was afraid of you and so I hid. In both cases, they mistrusted God Because they had an incorrect image of who God is. And sadly, I think sometimes we in the church sort of reinforce that idea. Somehow we we get the impression that that God is is out to get us. And that we can never get it right. And God is always trying to raise the bar so that we never measure up. But Jesus... to let us know that we do not need to be afraid of God. Jesus came to show us that indeed it is God who takes all of the risk because God never plays it safe with us. God risked the world with Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah with the people of Israel. And God risked it all. By becoming flesh. By walking dusty roads. And teaching stubborn people. And healing broken women and men. And then by dying a criminal's death. Only to be raised to new life. In the miracle of Easter. God risked everything. And invested everything. For us. And the truth is. God's still doing it today. As he entrusts the kingdom to our care. So that we might show the world who God is. That we might show the world what real, full, rich and abundant life looks like. But that won't happen. If we bury it. So God calls us to risk, to invest, to overcome our laziness and envy and fear and share our life with others, to be a blessing to them. And in return, we might be blessed too. How do we go about that? doing that? Well, a good place to start is to trust in who God really is, a God of abundance, a God of grace, A God who gives it all to us. A good place to start is for us to remember that God still trusts us, believes in us, calls us to be his people. And to let gratitude fill our hearts and spill out because we know how much God loves us. There was once a woman who lived in Paris. She was poor and blind. She made her living by making straw brooms. One day in church, she put 27 francs in the offering. And her neighbors were were astounded. They were aghast that she would put so much in. They even called her out on it after church saying, You can't afford that. And she said, Oh, yes, I can. I asked my friends how much they spend for their oil lamps to use when it's too dark to work. And they told me it was 27 francs every year. I am blind and have no need of a lamp. So I have saved that much, and I give it. To bring light into the darkness. Friends, we know how dark and broken our world can be. We feel it very keenly these days. But Today, Jesus is asking us to consider how we can live our life to the fullest. How we can invest our life and even risk our life. In order to bring light into the darkness. God wants us to get out of our rut. And to really live. So what have you got. That you could risk. That you could invest. If we've got a stash buried in the yard. Let's go dig it up. and Invest it in someone close to us. We might never know what the outcome of that investment might be, and it only takes a little to make a big difference. But one thing is for sure. We will know the joy of our master when we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. May it be so.
2: Your love, O God, is an active love, engaged, involved, immersed. Your love, O God, is seen in what you do, not just in what you say. In the blessing of children, in the meals with outcasts, in the touching the untouchable in your presence and your self-giving in your opening of the way to life to all who will come and your love Oh God is expressed through people like us as we share our wealth and simplicity and generosity as we share wholeness in caring and healing of the sick and broken. As we share hospitality by being truly present to the lonely, the imprisoned, and the marginalized. As we share peace and kindness, listening and acceptance with those who challenge us, confront us, and threaten us. You have loved us in incarnate action, O God. May we learn to be little incarnations through whom your love is expressed and experienced in action. Amen.
0: The peace of Christ be with you always.
2: And also with you.
1: The peace of the Lord be with you. Longing for Christ's reign to come among us, let us pray to see God's power in the church and in the world, responding to each petition with the words, Hear us and help us. We pray, O God, for the Church in our community and throughout the world. Raise up and sustain believers who will use their talents to assist with worship and to lead congregational ministries in this difficult time. Grant an extra measure of the Spirit to our pastor, Pastor Bill. Protect your people with the armor of your word. O God, you are the temple of your people.
3: Hear us and of us.
1: For the earth, we pray. During this autumn season, give to plants and wild animals a time of rest. Keep the coronavirus and other pathogens away from the animals that we farm. O oh God, you are the Maker of the heavens and the earth.
0: Hear us and help us.
1: For all the nations, we pray: bring an end to war and terrorism; cultivate a worldwide spirit of cooperation that will seek just international agreements and shared human rights; rescue humankind from the worship of wealth, and give a homeland to migrants. O God, you are the haven we seek.
0: Hear us us. and help us.
1: We pray for all who are in need. Visit with health and good medical care all the sick, especially the thousands each day who are contracting the coronavirus. Prepare a vaccine to save our world from COVID-19. Give food, employment, and housing to the countless who are struggling to live. We pray especially for Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Sam Green, Alberta Holden, Hank Mazur, Mike Redden, Dave Riggs, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Roger Strong, Bob Stroud, Matt Serac, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, and those in our hearts or on our lips. O God, you are our physician, our nurse.
3: Hear us and help
1: us. For many of us, what the ancient prophets said is now true. These are days of distress and anguish. We beg you to listen to the prayers of our hearts. O God, you are Father mother lover master friend Hear us, us. receive these prayers and in your gracious mercy grant your strength to our neediness through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord amen, amen. Lord remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray and the power, Amen. and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Again, we welcome you to this time of worship, and pray that as we've spent this time together, it's been meaningful for you, and that it has fed you for the journey in the weeks ahead. A reminder that our fall congregational meeting will be held today at one thirty via the Zoom conference. Uh, There are instructions that have been sent out to everyone about how to access the meeting and we encourage, we urge everyone to participate as we do need to have a quorum uh, in order to conduct business. So please uh, plan to be a part of that uh, later today. Now hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now. And God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life, abundant life, a rich and full life. a Life that we can invest in God's kingdom. And we do so trusting that God will continue to bless us and keep us. That God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy. That God will look upon us with favor and give us peace. Amen. Amen.
1: Go in peace, serve your neighbor.
2: Thanks, be God.